Good morning. It is Friday morning. It's May 1st, May Day, and we may have some sports to talk about this month. We actually have a little bit to talk about today, so that's a good thing. Hi, I'm Rich Haley. This is the Mountain Fun Life channel. You're watching Morning in the Mountains, the Sports in the Smokies edition. Obviously, we're here on Facebook Live, but you can also catch us after the show on Roku, YouTube, and the usual places. And don't forget about our podcasts either. Um, and we'll talk about that more. Don't forget, I do have the After Show podcast where we go into more detail about something that we talked about today or just a completely random thing. Who knows? It just depends on how I feel. So let's go ahead and get started with sports. And we're starting off with the NFL draft and uh, had some good news for several volunteers during the draft. And afterwards, they did wind up landing with some professional teams, which is nice. Uh, Daryl Taylor was drafted 48th overall, so he was in the second round by Seattle, and he's joined in Seattle by Dominic Wood Anderson, who was picked up as a free agent uh, by the Seahawks. So uh, congratulations to both of them. Juwan Jennings was drafted 217th overall. That put him in the seventh round, and he went to the San Francisco 49ers. So should be a really good fit there. They're getting a player with a lot of heart and a lot of hustle. Marquez Callaway signed with the New Orleans Saints as a free agent, as did Nigel Warrior, who just signed yesterday, I believe, with the Baltimore Ravens. So that's five volunteers that made it into the NFL. So congratulations to all of them, and I hope you have great success with your new teams. I saw a report that was a little bit interesting to me that said that based on the draft results that the Vols overachieved last year. I'm not sure I agree with that, and here's why. Um, the first two games of the season. We started 0-2 against non-conference opponents that we should have beaten handily. So just with that start, I have a hard time saying that we overachieved last year. I think we came back and finished strong and wound up with uh, a little bit less of a record than we probably should have. Uh, looking at the start of the season. Overachieved? No. Did they do about as they ex as we expected by the end of the season? Yeah, and it was good. So, And you guys remember the Gator Bowl. I was there. You saw the reports after that. It was a great day, great game. Um, and now the Vols have a lot of momentum going forward. And we're going to talk about that because the momentum is showing up in recruiting. Uh, the Vols were ranked in the top 25. Different services had them in different place. I think 24-7 uh, had them at 17th as of last week. And then all of a sudden, this week, starting with Sunday, the pins started falling. And all of a sudden, the Vols picked up a huge amount of momentum in recruiting. So let's take a look and see what's happened just in the last week. So first off, Dylan Brooks, a five-star defensive end, he committed to the Vols on Sunday, which was a huge pickup, and that really started the momentum going forward. On Monday, Kamar Wilcox, he is a four-star defensive back. He committed, uh, I'm sorry, that's Kamar Wilcoxon. I knew I got that wrong. Uh, he committed a four-star defensive back. He committed on Monday. Then on Tuesday, we got another four-star wide receiver, Julian Nixon. And in the last two days, we got two huge pickups. The number 10 overall ranked prospect in the draft, Terrence Lewis, five-star linebacker. This kid is a monster. 
He originally committed to Florida, decommitted, and now he's committed to Tennessee. And that is a huge, huge pickup for the Vols. And also late yesterday, maybe the top junior college running back in the United States this season, Tyon Evans, he has also committed to Tennessee. So in a week's period, we picked up five uh, five-star and four-star recruits all in a row, building up huge uh, momentum. Got a couple more uh, prospects lining up. There's a couple of announcements coming this afternoon. But 24-7 uh, Sports moved the Vols from their position around 17 up to three. So we've now got the third ranked recruits in the nation, which is pretty awesome and says a lot about the coaching team that Jeremy Pruitt has uh, put together there for Tennessee. Um, so there's still a little bit of time left. Right now, the Vols have 15 recruits uh, spread throughout uh, offense, defense, and special teams. Several of them, including uh, Tyon Evans, look like they can contribute right from the get-go. So things are looking really good for the Vols as we move forward to next season. Which brings us to the question, will there be next season? So some of the rest of the news that we're going to be talking about is the return of several different sports as uh, we start to emerge from our uh, COVID-19 cocoon. And uh, my guess is, and nobody's really talking about it a lot right now, as we see how the other sports come back online, college football and pro football will sort of take their cues from there. So who's coming back online and how's that going to happen? Well, let's talk about it. We're going to start off with NASCAR. So NASCAR has announced that they are going back to racing and they're going to start in about two and a half weeks, which is really good. It's great news. They're doing some things that are a little bit different, which is going to make it very interesting for the fans. Um, so what they announced is just their schedule for May. They're starting on May 17th, but they're doing four cup races in two weeks. It's actually 11 days. So it's going to be a busy schedule for the drivers. Uh, and I will give you these uh, races right now, but we will put a graphic up on our Facebook site in the comments so that you can see exactly what the schedule is going to be. So starting off Sunday, May 17th, there's going to be a 400-mile race at Darlington in North Carolina. Then Wednesday, May 20th, three days later, a 310-mile race again at Darlington. The races in May are all going to be at North Carolina tracks. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail in a minute as to what uh, plans are down the road. <clears throat> so then on Sunday, May 24th, we're going to get the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte, all 600 miles of it, which is going to be really nice. And then the following Wednesday, they'll have an additional race at Charlotte of 300 miles. So those are the cup races that they've got scheduled for 11 days in uh, May. So it's going to be very busy for the drivers. Now, NASCAR is making some adjustments to the normal race schedule. Each of these races will be a one-day event, so there won't be practices. And with the exception of the Coca-Cola 600, there will not be any qualifying. So they will just set the starting grid based on driver points. But what that means is they can get the race together, get it done, and get it over with without having to spend a whole lot of time. And that's a really good thing. 
Now, there are some compromises, obviously. First off, no fans at any of these races, so they'll be racing in front of empty stadiums, which won't be a huge effect on the drivers, um, and it won't be a real big effect on the uh, telecast either. So shouldn't be too big of a handicap for NASCAR. Uh, the reason they're doing all of their races in North Carolina is they're very close to most of the team's shops. So what that does is it reduces all of the logistical nightmares of trying to go from track to track to track. And it makes it a little bit easier to maintain the precautions that are required in this age of COVID-19. So they're going to do all of these races in North Carolina. Again, two tracks, Charlotte and Darlington. And the only place that they will be doing qualifying will be for the Coca-Cola 600. Unfortunately, the all-star race has been canceled and they're not going to run that. NASCAR is placing their emphasis on getting all 36 regular season races run. Now, clearly, they're not all going to be run at their normal tracks and we'll see what happens uh, down the road. Now, the smaller or the uh, lower tier races, both the Xfinity Series and the Gander Mountain Truck Series, those do have some races in May as well. Xfinity will run Tuesday, May 19th, a 200-mile race at Darlington. They'll run again Monday, the 25th, at Charlotte, and they'll run a 300-mile race. And then the trucks will run on Tuesday, May 26th at Charlotte for 200 miles. So we've got a grand total of seven races in two weeks. So if you've been missing NASCAR, you're not going to be missing it for long. Now, there's been some rumors running around in NASCAR about additional races and makeup races. Uh, there's rumors of a Bristol race in June and some of the other races have been postponed. NASCAR has not made any official announcement on those yet. So I think they're going to wait and see how things go through some of the first couple of races in May, and then they will go ahead and announce what's happening as we move on. So this is great news. NASCAR is getting back into action. We are going to see racing, and with any luck, they'll be able to get the full schedule in. So that's uh, NASCAR, and we've got a little bit more to talk about as well. Let's talk about Major League Baseball. Now, you know that the season should have started already. We were really getting excited. We were building up to those first games. Uh, the minor league teams, our Smokies, they were getting ready to play. And then COVID-19 kind of shut everything down. Major League Baseball is very committed to getting some sort of season uh, underway. And they've come up with a couple of different plans. Their original plan that they floated back last week was to play all of the games in Arizona, Texas, or Florida. That way the teams would go to those three stadiums or to those three areas and would basically sequester there for a four and a half month season. Now, clearly the players did not like that idea. They didn't want to be away from their families for that long of a period. They didn't want to be isolated for that long of a period. Now, me personally, I'm a Navy vet. I used to get on a ship with 5,000 other guys and go somewhere for six months and not see my family and be cooped up on this small ship. So for the millionaires and the role players on Major League Baseball teams, hearts and flowers, guys, hearts and flowers. Not, not, not a big, uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of pity from me on that one. However, you know, the players didn't like that idea. So the owners have come up with a new idea 
And this one has a lot of people talking and has a lot of head scratching because there's some very interesting pieces to this new arrangement. They will start out playing at the same three locations, Arizona, Texas, and Florida. But eventually teams will move to their home stadiums to finish out the season. They'll start out playing without crowds, without fans. And hopefully as things relax, we may be able to get fans going in to see live baseball. But here's the wildest piece to this whole plan. There will be no National League and no American League. Let that sink in for a minute. I, the entire World Series is based on the American League taking on the National League, and they're going to do away with that for this season. Instead, what they're proposing is to set up three regions, 10 teams each. And those teams will play each other within their own region for 100 or 110 games, whatever the schedule will support. After that regular season, then you will get interregional play in an expanded form of the playoffs that will lead to a World Series. So, still a lot to figure out on that. We're still not sure exactly how that's going to work out and you have to get the players to buy in on it and there's a whole lot of things that have to happen but that's kind of the plan and it seems like pieces are starting to fall into place for that to happen so major league baseball is very much interested in getting baseball rolling again and the rest of us are just as eager for that to happen as they are so we'll kind of keep our eyes open on that and see what's going to happen Again, that looks like baseball could restart as early as mid-June or no later than uh, July 2nd as we get into that July 4th weekend. So we'll keep our eye on it and let you know what we find out. We're going to go ahead and take a break here in just a second. And then when we come back from that, we'll talk about the outdoors because the Great Smoky Mountains is about to open up and that means hiking, fishing, and a whole lot of other activities are about to become uh, accessible again. So hang on through the commercial and we'll be right back. And uh, I don't know if you've been commenting because my commenting laptop here is not cooperating. So let me refresh that and see what we can do here. So try to get the comments going again. And there it is. Yeah, I'm going to reload. Try that. Uh, still not seeing much, so maybe you're all just very, very quiet today on Friday. That's all right. I'll talk enough for all of us. Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is outdoors. The sporting life isn't all about sitting on your couch watching games. It's also about getting out and playing them. So let's talk about the Smoky Mountains. So we just got the announcement that the Smoky Mountains will be opening up on May 9th. That's next weekend. And they're going to open up some of the trails. 
uh, excuse me, most of the trails, most of the primary roads, some of the secondary roads will remain closed. As far as facilities, campgrounds and picnic areas are still shut down. Restrooms will be open, but visitor centers won't be. So you're going to have the basic level of services, just restrooms, but you will be able to get in the parks, you will be able to go hiking. So how does that going to work out exactly? If you remember right before they shut down the Great Smoky Mountains, they were operating on a very similar level. The visitor centers were shut down, but the restrooms were open and most of the roads were open. Uh, did some research on the Great Smoky Mountains site and could not find anything where it detailed which roads were open, which roads weren't, which trails were accessible and which ones weren't. So just keep your eye on the Great Smoky Mountains National Park website and uh, before you go in and that way you'll find out whether you can get to your favorite trails or not. Uh, since the park will be operating on a uh, reduced level, it becomes more important than ever that we as hikers and visitors to the park follow sound practices to make sure that we don't cause damage to the park. Uh, there's a nice website, it's called Leave No Trace, and it gives you some guidelines on how to go into the national parks and not damage the ecosystem while you're in there. And the rules are pretty simple. Stay on the trail. And uh, when you're staying on the trails, that does two things. One, you don't get lost, which is important. Two, when you start creating your own trails and shortcuts, what you're doing is providing a path for water to flow. And that's gonna cause erosion which will damage the Smokies over time. So we don't want to do that. So go ahead and stay on the trail. Next piece is you leave nothing behind. So everything that you take in with you, you bring back out with you. And that's, that's a really important uh, piece there. So if you're coming in, you want to bring water, you want to bring some snacks so you have plenty of uh, energy while you're hiking. You don't want to leave trash behind. And that includes uh, organic material as well, uh, banana peels, for example. So everything that you bring in, bags, wrappers, banana peels, small children, make sure you bring them back out with you. The, the park stays cleaner that way. So leave nothing behind. And then the other piece, the last piece of this is take nothing out with you that was already there. And that includes everything from rocks, deadfall branches, flowers, leaves. Leave the nature to nature. If you want to take something, take a picture. If you want to leave something, leave a footprint. And that is the principle of leave no trace. You want it to look like you've never been there. And that's, that's the mindset that you want to have when you're going into the parks. So we'll be able to go into the parks. Uh, my assumption is that with the park opening up, and with businesses allowed to start uh, operating again, that some of the outdoor businesses like tubing and rafting will be opening up. Now, as of today, the governor's executive order number 30, the governor of Tennessee, says that amusement-based businesses in general are not allowed to open yet. Now, when he issued that on the 28th, uh, he immediately started rolling some of those restrictions back. So we just have to keep a very close watch on it. 
and we'll keep an eye on it for you. And as we get information, we will post it on Facebook and we'll have uh, more in our updates on our daily shows. Just to try to keep you up to date on what you can do in the Smokies. It's open, but it's not all the way open. So we'll have to be aware of that. Um, so with that said, the last thing I'm gonna talk about today is the concerns that I've heard in the community over opening businesses up, opening the Smokies up, causing an increase in our infection rate and maybe causing some vulnerable people some big problems. So the way we're approaching this reopening, and this is by we, I mean everyone from the top down, from the president to the governors, to the mayors, to the National Park Service, everybody recognizes that we need to open back up again. At the same time, they all recognize that we need to protect the most vulnerable members of our population. So while we're doing this reopening, that's why we're doing this phased approach. We're making sure that we're gonna be able to control the spread of COVID-19 and protect the people who are vulnerable. So what does that mean for us as we start opening back up? Well, what it means for you and me is the protections that we've been practicing for the last six weeks, we want to keep doing those. So when you're out in public, if you're sick or you're uh, vulnerable, stay home. Okay, don't take the risk. It's not time for you to come out yet. So if you're sick, you don't want to spread it to anyone else. Whether you're diagnosed with COVID-19 or not, it's just common sense. If you're sick, you stay home. You don't want to give it to everybody else. If you're vulnerable, Stay isolated for right now. Keep yourself safe. That's your number one priority. So we keep doing that. That's going to protect the most vulnerable members of our society, those who are either older, already have lung problems, have suppressed immune systems. If you're in those categories, go ahead and stay home. Uh, the Smokies will be there once this is over with. But for right now, keep yourself safe. If you do go out, make sure to follow social distancing. Stay about six feet away from strangers. If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. There's conflicting information on that right now. The CDC is urging everyone to wear some form of mask, even if it's just a cloth mask. The Surgeon General is saying, you know, we need to ease up on the mask thing here a little bit. So while they figure it out up there, we want to use common sense down here at our level. So. If you've got a cough, wear a mask. You're protecting everybody else around you. If you're worried about getting the virus, if you have a close family member who you're going to be around, then you might want to wear a mask while you're out in public as well to protect yourself. So if you want to wear, that, wear the mask, wear it properly. It needs to cover just like that, your nose and your mouth. If it's not covering your nose and your mouth, it's not doing you any good, you can still get the virus. So you wanna wear it properly and you want to wear it uh, consistently. Um, I can't count the number of times I've gone into the grocery store and they're required to wear their mask. And when someone asks them a question, they pull the mask down and talk to them and tell them what they need to know, then they put their mask back on, okay? It's a reflex, it's hard to get used to talking through a mask. Uh, I went through a little bit of this last week. I teach people how to wear respirators in an occupational environment. So I'm used to dealing with folks who don't know how to wear them and they're not very comfortable, they, they're cumbersome. 
and we lose a lot of our ability to communicate when we can't see the person's expression. So it's a natural reaction. You're trying to talk to somebody, you're wearing a mask, you pull the mask off so you can talk with them. You don't want to do that. Wear the mask properly. Now here's the thing, as long as you maintain good social distancing, six feet or more, and nobody's coughing or sneezing, then the mask is an added benefit. But the big isolation is that social distancing. So if you're worried about us bringing people back in to Sevier County, if you're worried about us opening up our businesses and tourists starting to come back down, if you're worried about them coming into the Smokies and creating an additional risk for you and your family, the more diligently you practice your social distancing and your own protection techniques, six feet of distance, stay home if you don't have to go out, protect the vulnerable members of your family, then the increased number of visitors coming through are not going to cause you a problem, okay? And that's the key to this whole thing, is it's all about each individual taking care of themselves. Because if we all take care of ourselves and we all take care of our families, then we've taken care of our community as a whole. And that's where we want to be. We want to be able to make the decisions that we need to make at our level so that the governor does not feel like he should be making the decisions at his level. So we act responsibly, we take care of ourselves, we protect ourselves even though somebody may not be protecting themselves, then we don't have to worry about even secondary infections because we're protecting ourselves. We're practicing our social isolation. We're keeping ourselves clean and we're keeping ourselves away from people who may be sick. So we don't have to worry about it. And then the last piece is just like we've been saying for six weeks, wash your hands. Keep your hands clean, keep them away from your face, and you'll be in good shape. All right, so we are opening up. That's a great thing. It is time. The weather's getting nice. I'm ready to get outside, start running around in the Smokies and taking pictures and sharing them with you guys. So next week when I'm over here, we will have more sports to talk about. Yay! No more of my old Navy stories, unless you want to hear them, because I got lots of them. Not all of them are family friendly, though. So that's the show for today. Very quick one. It was nice to actually get some sports talk in here, finally, for a change. Uh, next week, again, we won't have any live sports yet, but in two weeks, I'll be able to talk to you about the NASCAR races and what happened there. In just a couple more weeks, we'll start talking about Major League Baseball, what's going on there. Uh, local sports, high schools. My suspicion is that the high school football season will go on. And here's why I think that, and uh, we'll wrap up with this one. If the kids are already in classes, and I believe they will be, then any exposure that they might get while playing football has already happened in the classrooms. See what I'm saying? So if we have classes going on, and I think we will, then there's no reason not to have football going on. Now the question becomes, will we allow spectators at the football stands? And uh, we'll have to see where we are. It's way, way, way too early to even speculate about that. Same way with college football and professional football. So we'll see where we stand as we get closer to that, but I do believe we'll have high school sports going on in the fall. And at least I hope so, because I would really hate to miss another season. But uh, we'll play that by ear, see how things go as we get closer. 
All right, guys, been a quick show. Time flew by like I don't know what. Uh, I guess it's because I got to talk about sports again for a change. So we will be back next week. Don't forget, every morning at 9.15, Monday through Friday, we've got Captain Accurate David Aldrich telling us what the weather's going to be, which is going to be crucial because I want to get back out and start hiking in the Smokies. Then uh, at 10 o'clock, every day, Monday through Friday, we've got uh, Morning in the Mountains. On Mondays, Kira it will be doing something from her house. I think she's going to vacuum her living room online to, on Monday. I think that's what she said she's going to do. Just kidding, Kira. Uh, Tuesday, we have Mr. and Mrs. Claus reading another story, and they've got a special project in the works that ought to be really interesting. We're kind of excited about that, so we'll see how that goes for them. Wednesdays, absolutely awesome show. Every Wednesday, Jim and James come in with entertainment news. And when we start getting news about the theaters that are ready to open up and start their shows again, Jim and James will make sure you stay up to date on all of that. Then on Thursday, we have Frank and Kira doing their thing. And what is their thing? It just depends on that day. So they'll be doing that. Then Friday, I'll be back here talking about sports and outdoors and anything else that's going on. So stay tuned. Have a great weekend, and I will see you tomorrow.